0: Why don't we begin? This
1: is Fresh Hop
0: Cinema. Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast from Chico, California. I'm Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Summers. What's happening? We're back. Happy in your Thanksgiving yeah, holiday Thanksgiving. week. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, it's episode one Let's get, we've got a lot of good stuff to cover today. So let's get our housekeeping out of the way. If you want to hit us up with all of your, uh, how your holidays went or just any feedback, Johnny will tell you the places you can get a hold of us.
1: Instagram, Twitter, and untapped at fresh hop cinema letterboxd at max Bernardi and at Johnny Somers email us at F H C as in cat <laughs> cast as in cast of a play <laughs> at gmail.com freshhopcinema.com is our website. Patreon.com slash cinema is where our lovely fans give us money so we can keep doing this. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. And this is one final reminder to our patrons to weigh in on the holiday special bonus episode that we will be recording in December for release on Christmas Day. Uh we've narrowed it down. Uh, check out that poll. And please vote, get involved. Uh, it's gonna be fun. It's our first annual new tradition type thing and I'm not gonna give it away yet, but so you guys stoked. on the on the main feed, you'll you'll be getting to hear it too yeah, at yeah. some point. So keep your ears peeled for some Christmas goodness from us. And that's all of the
0: reading of where we can be found that I'm gonna do. Great. That's it. So a couple of weeks ago, I think it might have been last week, if not the week before, you had teased that you're getting some beers for the podcast from Equilibrium Brewing. Um I didn't know where that was. I hadn't heard of them before, um, but they are in Middletown, New York. Both of our beers on this week's episode are from Equilibrium. Johnny, what is the first one that you procured for us that we will be drinking?
1: Yeah, a little bit about Equilibrium before we jump sure. into it too much. They're out of Middleton. Middleton? Is you it know, Middleton or yeah, Middletown?
0: I think in England it's you'd say Middleton, but I
1: think I don't I don't know. But I would say Middletown, because I have a W. I want to say. I want to say Middleton, so... Motion granted. Stinker, stinker, I'm going to do it. Okay. Um, They say that they combine research and inspiration to balance drinkability with massive flavor, uh, and they intend to make uncompromisingly great beer founded on scientific principles and love for drinking craft beer. Uh, We will brew what we love to drink and share this with you. I like that. I do too. Their website has a bunch of cool information about them as far as who they are, what they do. They're very research-based. They're very community-ingrained, and they have a very strong emphasis on quality. So, uh, really pleased with their website, and from everything that I've read, I'm going to be pleased with these beers, hopefully. So, that being said, our first beer is called Fractal Citra Mosaic. And also, before we get too much further, shout out to Andy at S&S. He... uh, Pointed me at these beers. He was able to get them Mm -hmm. in, and they were pretty critically acclaimed on the likes of Untapped and whatnot. So super stoked for these, uh, and thank you for the recommendation. Andy helped pick these out. So last time, maybe not. Who knows? Shout out to Andy. Appreciate you. Fractal Citra Mosaic is an IPA with an ABV of 6.8%. Fractal Citra Mosaic investigates the interplay between Citra, Mosaic, and our slightly revised process. Fractal Citra and Mosaic pours a resinous, hazy, straw yellow, releasing complex aromas of dank citrus, passion fruit, earthy grass, and tropical melon. The taste is resinous, dank pineapple juice, touch of pine, and ends with a slightly creamy mouthfeel and a firm but rounded bitterness. This that is a this is fantastic, yeah, a great descriptor. description, and
0: it's a great beer, man. I've, so I've I've poured it um, into one of those very uh, very highbrow Spiegelau glasses, the one uh, that you gave me that one time, um, and it looks great. The the description's on point. It's it's almost looking like a hazy IPA. There's it's definitely not clear, um, but yeah, it's a it's sort of a pale straw. It's it's erupting aroma wise out of the glass, um, but yeah, what's catching me is that sort of tropical almost and the pineapple sort of stuff on the taste. It's very very. It's very sweet, but a ton of hoppiness is there, too, and it it mellows out by the end. It's really, really good. First impression.
1: Dude, this beer's so good. Mm-hmm. What just happened to my mouth? That's what I want to know. Um, wow. So, yeah, it looks like a hazy beer. It drinks somewhere in between. Yeah. Like you said, it is yeah. a little sweet, but, man, hot damn, that's like some crazy tropical fruit. That's... Wow, this is one of the more unique beers that I've ever tasted. Yeah, this we're, is we're
0: nonny. drinking it at about three weeks old. Not even. This is this is brand spanking new and it made it all the way from the East Coast. That's always a nice surprise too when it makes it this far and it's both um fresh um by age and by taste. Like it clearly didn't travel poorly.
1: Man, I gotta take a picture of this right now. Do I'm it, like, man. Holy, yeah. <laughs> oh
0: my god. Um yeah, it's it's super good. I was when I was doing the notes for today's episode, I was looking up um, so I mean, specifically these two beers we're covering. And the one that we'll get to later in the show, the MC squared is more, it seems like their flagship one, cause there's mm-hmm. so many reviews on untapped and I, um, I didn't care necessarily to look at what those reviews said, but there were just so many. And I was like, maybe, maybe they just send out all these beers and to everywhere and like people get them all the time. But this one I think had seven maybe, mm. which, which told me that potentially it's a very new beer. Um, and it's also, you mentioned that it's called, um, fractal citra mosaic, they have done, or are currently doing, another version as well uh, with Strata and Galaxy hops. Uh, that's what's currently on their website. Um, and I was just thinking how much of a different experience that would be. We haven't done Strata Strata hops on on the show, at least singled out in a beer since. Um, uh, I'm sure you can remember this. I always have a harder time, but we did that Strata Hop IPA from uh, I think it was in somewhere in Oregon. Does that ring a bell to you?
1: Ooh, yes 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 i remember you not liking it
0: yeah right so i was just thinking like man if this were the strata and galaxy version i might not be so stoked but again like citra mosaic that's that's my kind of bread and butter for for hop choices so i'm stoked on this it tastes great dude this beer is wild i this is one of the most striking
1: ipas i've ever had it is it's tropical in like in like the tropical pack of starburst type of way this totally. is hitting me like some crazy sort of green drink out of a coconut with an umbrella in it like <laughs> i feel yeah. like i should it's so cr- this is this is shocking
0: yeah, man, uh, in I'm, the, yeah. the best way i'm not it's comfortable been s- calling this a west coast
1: it's been so long since a beer has surprised me like this like totally. holy shit
0: wow yeah my god yeah. I just my only issue right now is yeah, that there it's just it's not classified anywhere that I could find it, at least on Untapped or, or Beer Advocate as a New England IPA, and it super is. Like I mean I don't see how it couldn't be.
1: I don't know, man. I don't really care either. I don't need yeah. labels to tell me that this is delicious.
0: I guess I thought this, this might be too sweet for you. But it's you not You know Well, it's
1: got just some astounding bitterness on the finish. It's like it's really, really well balanced. Like this has it's got a sweetness, but it's unlike any sweetness I've ever had in an East Coast or mm. like in New England, because it's not sugary sweet. True, it's a tropical sweetness. It's like a, yeah, it's a this fruit. Is, it's like a fruit sweetness. Yeah, this is like the best tropical hazy IPA I've ever had in my life. This is unbelievable. Oh snap! What up?
0: I actually, I, I also kind of thought um, if you look at the can, you can kind of see their logo wrapped around sort of the center of the can. Does it remind you of anything? Let me look. Let me look. It's kind of harder to tell because it's in color, but on their website, it's just it's it's in black ink. Mm. Uh, would it help if I said it's like in an alien kind of oh yeah no arrival? I was hoping it would like subconsciously make you not like this brewery. No, the circle <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I like that a lot. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if it. I actually I tried to look it up, but I don't know uh, what that logo is about. But uh, fingers crossed, it has something to do with arrival. I'm sure it doesn't. It might, man, or space or drugs. Who knows. Yeah, I remember that movie. I feel like some of those symbols actually were taken from historical um, written languages. So, this actually just might be a symbol that means equilibrium, or it's just a circle. And, you know, circles balance out. So, maybe that's it. That's a sweet circle, either way. If you're listening from equilibrium uh, and you would like to tell us, that would be really great. That would help me sleep at night. So, please don't hesitate. Yeah, absolutely. But, man, what a first impression of a brewery. What a first impression.
1: You're absolutely My right. This is great. Goodness. Um, I'm going to be completely honest the only thing i'm really not digging on 100 percent is that level of sweetness and mm-hmm. it is good mm-hmm. but it's not something i necessarily want a ton of but dude just for for what it is and how it's made this is a phenomenal beer like really really good i would say 100 percent do not sleep on equilibrium this is an amazing first impression
0: like, yeah you mentioned God. sns and chico um I'm sure it's. I would guess it's at other bottle shops, but maybe not. So we'll say S and S for now. But how much? How much is this going to run somebody if they wanted to get a can?
1: Uh, we will rate it and then we will. I mean, well, we, I mean we we both
0: know the prices.
1: Oh yeah. So this was uh, nobody. Okay, yeah, that's, that's fair. So this was six bucks and forty cents. Six forty mm-hmm. for a sixteen ounce can. So I mean, still obviously a lot cheaper than you're going to pay for a pint at a bar, mm-hmm. uh, and when you consider that it's from the East Coast, I mean, I'm not necessarily mad at that price. No, it's
0: it's fine. It's not a it's not a steal or anything. It's a great beer. See, like, I'm not mad about that. Yeah, that's fine. I'd pay that for this. That's a price
1: tag where if this beer wasn't tremendous, you yes. would have already I complained about my it. lid. <laughs> you would already be like, "What the shit? Yeah. Get this six dollar can of beer away from me!" But totally. the fact that the liquid holds up to such a high standard and is so impressive that like. Yeah. Okay. I'd pay, I'd pay 650 for this. That's fine. Yeah. Man. And that's a testament right there because you didn't complain about the price and I thought you were going no. to.
0: Yeah. No, I no. It's worth talking about. Cause I mean, it is not necessarily like you're not going to go out and maybe buy, were they available in four packs or was it just singles? Just singles. Yeah. Like I, I can't really picture anybody going out and buying like 10 of these necessarily just to try them out. So like they're not a bulk buy, but yeah, if you get one or two of these on a whim or based on our recommendations, you're definitely not going to be disappointed. Yeah, I agree Good price completely. For
1: yeah, this this beer is is massively impressive and I think we should
0: probably rate it. Yeah, I'm I'm still trying to figure out if there's anything that's really bothering me. Um I'm very very close to loving it. Loving it, like capital all letters. There's like a little bit of something and I think for me it's probably similar to what you're tasting with the sweetness, but it's the way that the sweetness plays with the hoppiness. Um and I'm not sure exactly where that's happening. Um but it is happening somewhere. I think it's somewhere in the middle of, of when these two flavors collide. Because for me, um, yeah, like what you're saying, like some sweetness definitely up top uh, as far or at the beginning of the taste. And then it kind of mellows out to like a little hot bite at the end. But there's a little middle ground where those two things collide. And it's just not exactly uh, perfect for me.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Fair enough. But it's really, really well, good.
1: Well, are you ready to rate it? Yeah, I am. You go first. <laughs> All right. So – i i love this beer i think it's i think it's great uh i think it's great in that it's so unique if you do not like tropical things you're you're gonna hate this you're gonna hate it yeah yeah
0: um
1: i mean dude seriously i love starburst i love that just juicy chewy crazy pop so yeah this beer's a like a 9.3 for me
0: 9.3 can i I see your starburst and raise you like a, a high chew oh yeah maybe like like a green like a green high chew yeah like um because because starburst are obviously that especially the tropical ones like super sweet and this kind of thing but they are a little bit more kind of artificially sugary than like a high a high chew feels feels like highbrow like almost almost health food candy you know right um and i would i would yeah i'd call the flavors in here particularly the tropical flavors more along the lines of like a pineapple high chew
1: yeah totally
0: i could see that so man well hello equilibrium brewing and welcome to the party god damn yeah so i'm i'm right there with you man i'm gonna give it a flat nine uh because i don't like complicating my decimals like that but it's so we're basically saying the same things it's an amazing beer we have minor minor nitpicks about one each um but all in all yeah great intro to this to this brewery i'm stoked to drink their second beer later on in the show um do you have anything else to add for this beer in the meantime
1: no, other than thank you for making it, and thank you, Andy, for getting it to Chico, and hopefully everyone out there can try this beer. Deal. Go try it, at least at SNS. but like you said, I'm sure it's around. If it's not, ask for it and say, hey, it's worth it. Get it. Fractal, Citra Mosaic, Equilibrium Brewing.
0: So in the meantime, Johnny, would you please hop here in the passenger seat of our time machine, and let me, ta- let me take you back to 1987. Fire up that wood panel station wagon. Let's go for a drive, baby. <laughs> uh, all right, 1987 America is a little bit different, my friend. The average cost of a new house is $92,000. A gallon of gas is 89 cents. You can get a dozen eggs for 65 cents. A stamp is 24. You can get a pound of bacon for a buck eighty if you want. Lots of stuff is happening in the world. The Simpsons make their first appearance on the television. Uh, Aretha Franklin is inducted into the Hall of Fame. Disneyland Paris is discussed and maybe most importantly, if I may, and this is a bit of a stretch, but I'm going to take this transition anyways. (laughs) I Um, was born. You were born in 1987. Of course, that was going to be my sort of cherry on top. But the thing I was going to tie into the movie is that Britain's intercity 125 high-speed train sets the world record for the fastest diesel-powered train during November of 1987, mere weeks before The Thanksgiving family comedy classic, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, debuts in these United States. Before we talk about this movie, which we are definitely going to do, let's play a trailer. During holiday travel,
1: some people get delirious. Some get
0: delayed. And some get (laughs) Del Griffin. American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. Neil Page got all three. I was on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family. Instead, I'm in a motel bed with a stranger. So instead of Thanksgiving with his family, he's spending three days with the turkey. T-ball! Two happy clams just whistling down the road.
1: Flintstones meet the Flintstones in the Martoni family.
0: Paramount Pictures presents we'll... oh! Steve Martin. Ever been to Hawaii? Yeah. You see God, Ho while you were there? See the second show. That's the best one. Is that right? Yeah.
1: John Candy. Uh, are Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. In a new film by John Hughes.
0: Plane, trains, and automobiles. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hello game, hello game. All right, if you didn't know, again, that's a trailer for Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, the 1987 film by John Hughes. It was written and directed by him. In fact, uh, you might know John Hughes. Prior to this movie, he had directed 16 Candles and The Breakfast Club uh, in 1984 and 85, respectively, both very like teenage, sort of angsty, coming-of-age movies. Uh, So when this movie came out, it was very much like, oh, John Hughes is going a different direction. Risky move. Let's see how it plays out. He was smart enough to cast Steve Martin as Neil Page, and John Candy as Del Griffith, and we'll tell you more about them in a second. Um, but it did come out Wednesday, November 25th, 1987. That's Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, it was in theaters for about 12 weeks, made almost $50 million on a $15 million budget. And it runs a very tight hour and a half or, you know, hour and 33 minutes. Um, over the course of its, uh, of its lifespan, it's made it into plenty of film halls of fame, hall of, hall of fames, halls of fame. Yeah, halls halls of fame. Of fame. <laughs> uh, including but not limited to um, Roger Ebert's uh, Essential Films. There's like a 300 movie list and, and this made it. And Johnny, if you'd be so kind as to read me something from his review, I pasted it right below. He gave it a four star review out of four. Uh, let me know what Roger Ebert had to say about this.
1: Yeah. The story is familiar. Steve Martin plays Neil, a Chicago advertising man, sleek and impeccable blues and grays, smooth shaven, recently barbered. Reeking of self-confidence, prosperity, and anal retentiveness. John Candy plays Dell, a traveling salesman from Chicago who sells shower curtain rings. The best in the world. (laughs) He is very tall, very large, and covered in layers of mismatched shirts, sweaters, vests, sports coats, and parkas. His bristly little mustache looks like it was stuck on (laughs) crooked just before his entrance. His bow tie is also askew. Both of these men are in Manhattan two days before Thanksgiving and both want to get home for the holiday. Fate joins their destinies and together they will endure every indignity that modern travel can inflict on its victims. What will torture them even more is being trapped in each other's company. <laughs> Dell wants only to please. Neil wants only to be left alone. So, Plus, initial, planes, trains, yeah, initial and
0: questions bill. like we, we were... We, I mean, it's a fitting movie for this time of year. This is this episode will come out uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Um, so maybe while people are having some uh, travel mishaps of their own, hopefully not, but these things seem inevitable. Um, maybe less so during a COVID year. Who knows? What I was going to ask you, Johnny, is... Um, I mean, we decided on this movie for that reason, but also because there was nothing new that necessarily grabbed our attention. But neither of us had never seen this before. Like I've watched this movie my entire life, basically. My dad loved it. I was uh, telling our friend Brian Massa... Uh, who I watched it with. That I know him. I've seen this movie probably, probably 20 times, which, yep. and it's good every time, but I want to know your mm-hmm. history with it. When was the first time you saw it or or maybe your fondest memories of this movie?
1: Yeah. So it was always something that was on around this time of year and I've watched it front to back probably four or five times mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. This is always the movie that is on TBS mm-hmm. And you watch it for about an hour out of it, whether it's the front half, the middle, the middle hour or just you catch about an hour of this movie every time it's running, just like a Christmas story. Like I guarantee every year you watch at least a part of a Christmas story. And that's this movie for me is it's just always been around this time of year. It's always circling my my atmosphere and uh, it's always held a special place in my heart because it's the best thanksgiving movie but yeah. maybe like one of the only awesome thanksgiving movies like there's been other thanksgiving movies but they pale in comparison to the comic perfection that is planes trades and automobiles so yeah it's always been special to me
0: and uh, i loved it it was really fun re-watching it yeah man it has all the makings like because on paper this could probably go wrong but you get sort of the because it's like i was worried that some of the jokes wouldn't have aged well. Cause I haven't probably watched it in a couple, maybe more than a couple. I haven't watched it since we've started this podcast for sure. It's been probably six or seven years since I'd seen it. Um, and I was worried going into it that like, yeah, like maybe the humor wouldn't hold up or the, the jokes would have been too late eighties and, and might not work in 2020, but between the fact that they did. And I think a big reason is obviously Steve Martin and John Candy, like have this really intense, believable chemistry and it, it they don't feel like caricatures of people. Um, just just by chance, I threw on um, Back to the Future Part 3 the other day, which is mm-hmm. a terrible movie. Um, but even is in that the fir- one where
1: they w- – sorry to
0: interrupt. Is that fine. the one where they went to the Old West? Yep. Um, yep. And, like, even in the first one, um, Doc Brown is still kind of – he's not a real person. Like, you know it. It's just, like, crazy over-the-top acting. It's like watching Jim Carrey or uh, Kramer and Seinfeld. You're like, this isn't a real person, but, like, I can buy into sort of the, the shticky comedy of it. And here – They like, I believe them both. Both characters, even though they're a little bit absurd, particularly Del Griffith as the traveling shower curtain salesman or shower ring salesman. um, Like, you still buy it though. And a lot of that is the humanity that kind of runs throughout this movie. And I love that about it. Like, I think that's why it still works. Exactly. Uh,
1: John Hughes has a real talent at um, bringing in like the almost cartoonish into a realm of believability like in a human form like pushing that boundary of like this is a ridiculous person but also you've met someone like this like you see someone that you've encountered in your life in this situation and therefore it's identifiable and you immediately have empathy towards one or the other or both and that empathy breeds endearment and then you have a holiday classic i mean it's so great to see a movie like this that also holds up comedically like yeah there's no cringy jokes there's no like nothing in it doesn't hold up i know i mean like it's, yeah. it's 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 really rare that you don't have any like off-color jokes or anything that's just like oh you know you couldn't do that today like there's so many movies that i love them and there's there's jokes in them like like for instance you couldn't make blazing saddles today would never happen in a million years no but it's comic
0: genius you know i haven't i haven't i don't think i can recall blazing saddles all the way through like i I think i've seen scenes of it but I yeah but i I trust you obviously but
1: yeah you're probably right it's it's awesome but it is just it is crass and really rough around the edges and it's so it's it's all in the name of comedy Yeah, But it's also a movie that could never be made today. Mm -hmm. This movie could be released in its entirety, in its original form, today and be successful. And that is a testament to the genius of John Hughes and and the absolute brilliance. I mean, John Candy propels this movie forward on this tidal wave of charisma and hateable slash lovable personality. Like, he is such the you know the cringe like steve carell in the office type person where it's like you're so just annoying and way too much but also you're being yourself and you're lovable like that just brilliant character arc is something that is rarely duplicated and movies like this just knock it out of the park man like john candy was such a brilliant brilliant person and steve martin is his counterpart like I mean, they're perfect. Like, the 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 back and forth, like you said, it doesn't feel – it really doesn't feel like they're acting. Like, they were really just playing off of each other. Yeah. And, I mean, this movie just feels so genuine. And we've all had days that are just so incredibly frustrating that you bang your head against the wall, like, mm-hmm. especially during the holidays. But this is obviously an extreme example of that. But it's still something – that again like i was saying you it breeds empathy which breeds endearment which makes you love something and you know you've all had that experience you've all had crazy holidays and you've all met absolutely insane strangers on an airplane yeah um yeah. and it's something that's just it really encapsulates <laughs> such an identifiable human identifiable human experience yeah. that this movie is pretty near impossible not to love
0: yeah, it does this thing, right? It does sort of like you're saying, like these two. You ever, we've all met the kind of annoying guy, but the movie leads you by the hand without you even knowing it. Like, because we do meet Dell. If if you don't remember, basically Steve Martin's trying to hail a cab after landing in uh, where do they? Wichita. No, he's trying to leave Manhattan. He's leaving Manhattan this Okay, and he trips over. Uh, he's racing Kevin Bacon, who I think that yeah. cameo is not talked about enough because <laughs> right? Well, because these days it's maybe Kevin Bacon's not as big a star as he was in the late '80s, but still. Um, so there's like this really comical, like almost like a Western duel sort of shot where you get like Kevin Bacon's eyes and Steve Martin's eyes as they're like seeing the same cab and they sprint and, uh, Steve Martin trips over Dell's, um, trunk and then Mm -hmm. takes the cab, Dell takes his cab. And then, yeah, like at that point, like, Oh, what unfortunate circumstances. Then we see him again. He's like, this guy's kind of annoying. And then at some point in the movie, if you've never seen it before, so I was expecting this turn to happen, but like all of a sudden you are no longer on Steve Martin's side. Right? You're like, you're just clearly a jerk. Like, how was I ever rooting for you? And I don't even mm-hmm. know that I ever fully was, but there's that part of your brain where you're like, Ugh, I've traveled before. Like, I hate being inconvenienced by a kind person. What a drag. Uh, maybe not consciously, but like, there is that, like, this guy took my cab. This guy's trying to be friendly to me on the airplane. And if you take one step back, you're like, that's not something to be mad about, probably. What a right. sweetheart. And And yeah, like John Candy is so fucking likable like <laughs> oh seriously man like, this movie always makes me cry at the end particularly um never it's never not made me cry when we'll get there eventually but um the part that almost gets me is when they're in the hotel room Dell calls in a mm. favor takes him to the hotel and like can't, they have to sleep in the same bed which is also very funny because they both try to like macho up they're like oh okay uh let's not address it um there's a lot of good like physical comedy stuff that happens. But Steve Martin tries to go to sleep. He can't cause Dell's doing like incredibly funny, but really super annoying, like throat clearing or nasal clearing stuff. Yeah. And then Steve Martin just loses it and just rails him for like, I think it's like a minute and a half of just awful insults. And Dell just responds like you, you want to make fun of me to make yourself feel good. That's fine. I'm an easy target, but I'm happy with who I am. It's just like, mm-hmm. Oh, what a, what a, oh, I love you.
1: Yeah. And John Candy like conveyed so much genuine, like pain in his eyes in that scene. Like, I know.
0: Oh like, man, it was great. It, and the, 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 genius of John Hughes here is that like, he doesn't cut away from that. There's, there's moments of that monologue where you just stay on John Candy's face and he doesn't do anything except like the, the slightest moistening of his eyes. Yeah. And you feel it so much. Yeah. And you just want to hug him. Oh, and it's I like, know. John Candy, who hurt you? Come here. I love you. And this is like also right after he set up sort of his bedside table with like the picture of his wife. Yeah. And you're like watching it knowing that she's not around. And you're just like, man, he just wants a friend, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. If People have seen it. I, I know we didn't discuss this specifically, but I assumed we're not worried about spoiling stuff.
1: It's from 1987. This movie is as old as I am.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. And we've all seen you. Exactly. So, um, okay. What else do you want to talk about? I definitely wanted to get kind of the characterizations of these two people out on the table. I'd love to maybe just go through a couple of our favorite scenes. Oh God. I mean, there's so many, I love
1: the hotel room scene just because it's so genuine and so heartfelt. Um, you know, that's, that's a real favorite. I loved yeah. when, like when there, there, there's a, a point in this movie where they shift and it's when they're in like their second hotel room that like Steve Martin had to bribe someone with a watch. Yes. Like, the, the, oh the, god, I love the it. ups yeah. and downs of this <laughs> this movie. Yeah. are so dramatic. I mean, the whole scene with the burned up car. And Let the me can I
0: yeah, can I talk about is, that one?
1: Yeah, you all you take that one. I want to talk about the hotel scene. Yeah, now. I just want to get you but, to the hotel.
0: So Yeah, well, yeah. the hotel wait. The hotel happens after you mean when when um let me get, I know we're talking about the same thing. Let me just get you there. They're, they switch off driving. There's a, they have to rent this car. And then, um, basically Steve Martin's, I'm going to say, I'm going to say characters names, Neil stops driving. lets Dell drive. Dell's like smoking a cigarette, like dancing and karaoke. Basically drives them off the road for a second. They have a crazy spin out, get back on the freeway going the wrong direction, mm-hmm. which is already like when they're talking to the other car, they're like you're going the wrong way. And he's like, <laughs> You go, how does he know where we're going? He doesn't know. And then the two of them in the car are joking like these idiots are drunk. And then like, they start joking at those people. And then these two semis come and they, their car kind of skates right in between the middle sparks flying on both sides. And there's a a bit right here where you sort of get the perception of Steve Martin seeing, uh, seeing John Candy in sort of like a devil, like a cheesy cartoonish devil suit. And that shouldn't be funny. Like if I think about it outside of the con it's like, it's okay. It's like a dumb joke and it's cut weird and, but it's so funny in the moment. And I, I love when something, even when I logically think like this doesn't make me laugh and it makes me laugh. That's like, it's like a good fart joke. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not highbrow or intellectual, but it's like, if you get if you make a good, any type of crude joke, if placed properly can trump most intellectual jokes, I think. Yep, just like a – you're not even a fart. In this case, just a stupid joke. Sure, but also with that is, is the high reward. You also have the high risk because a lot of the time those jokes don't land. Exactly. But, yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so then anyways, they, he dropped a cigarette in the back of the car and then that happened and he forgot about the cigarette. So they get out after the semi-truck incident and the car catches on fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, they get pulled over by a cop who gives him a ticket or does he give him a ticket or tries to? No, he impounds the car. He impounds the car, yeah. And anyways, they end up at this hotel. And that's where I think you're you're getting to, yeah. So at a certain point in
1: this movie, Dell and Lou, that? What the hell Neil. is that guy's name? Neil. Yeah. God, dog. Neil Page. Um, Neil Page. They've 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 got this like camaraderie, and it yes. really really happened um, as they're leaving the train. It really something changed. The first in, like, train. The first one of the first trains. The yeah, down. and you. Yeah, and yeah. you see Neil just run over and like help Dell with his trunk. Just yeah, and my my favorite things about that scene is they don't exchange any words. Oh, it's like great. Dell Del just looks looks back and like, all right, my buddy. Like yeah, and they were at odds for so much, and like they fucking hate each other for all intents and purposes for the most part of like the first half of this movie, and um, just that shift and that like. The, the easing the creeping in of humanity into Neil and the empathy and understanding and like I just love watching Neil Steve Martin's character transform and like become more receptive to yeah. to Dell and like it's just such a really cool character arc like Steve Martin's character in this this movie is is fantastic from where he's from A to b just a brilliant writing of this character um but yeah, they become comrades at some point and they're just they're in the struggle together and eventually they just start leaning into it and that's for me when this movie is at its peak is when they're just like after the car catches on fire they're just laughing at the absurdity of their lives (laughs) and like you know that (laughs) well until he realizes
0: his wallet was in there
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly um but there's a scene where they're they're drinking in a hotel after i love it
0: yeah. This, yeah.
1: That's my favorite scene in the movie. It's so good. And they're just, you know, they're covered in snacks and they just are hitting the mini bar and at one point Neil says to Dell like this feels like summer camp. Yeah. And they're yeah. they're a little buzzed and they're just being real people and they're loving each other's company and this the hands down my favorite thing in this movie is John Candy's just going to take a leak and he's just laughing and they're both just They have the giggles, Mm -hmm. and I love it. They're just being silly, and they're giggling, and that's my favorite thing in the world too. Is just being silly and giggling, like with friends, and just having a few drinks, and just making each other giggle. Like that's why this works so well, you and me.
0: I'm Um, I'm uh, sorry. Were you finished? No, not
1: yet. And so they're just giggling and being silly, and John Candy's walks in the bathroom, and is just laughing, and just opens the door and is just still <laughs> laughing and doesn't yeah, say yeah, a yeah, yeah. word and just shuts the door while he's still laughing. That was great. Dude. I oh, It's like two drops of P funny. Every time I see that scene, I'm just like, I can't handle it. Like yeah. It's so genuine and so
0: pure <laughs> and I absolutely adore it. Yeah. It's great, man. Uh, so I was developing a theory and I thought I'd watch. So I watched this with our friend Brian last night um, and I'd had, this, I guess a little bit of backstory. I was at Food Max getting dinner with my friend Jacob, neighbor Jacob, landlord Jacob. And we got all the ingredients for like a basic ass taco night. And then we went to the wine section. We were in Food Max. It was like right on the way home. So we're like, well, let's go to Food Max. And we, we were like looking eye level at the shelves. We're like, mm, let's go down. And we, do, do, do. and we went all the way to the bottom of the wine shelves. And we each found a, a magnum sized bottle, which is, as I understand it, a large one. Of wines for ten dollars, and I picked a port wine and okay, I drank about half of that thing, which is just basically sugar grapes, just sugar alcohol and i, I like I rubbed the label off and I kept calling it pirate wine, so I drank about that much and then had a couple of white claws and then had some vodka and seltzer waters okay. and I was not remembering this theory that I had under those uh under that influence until just now, so go with me on this, knowing that it might okay. not be fully flushed out, but they're basically. This is just – this is this is the story of a potentially really great gay couple. Because mm. what happens is – and it made, what made me think of it was the turn you talk, his character turn where he doesn't want to be friends with Dell. Neil doesn't until they part ways, right? Yeah. He's like, all right, it's been fun. Let's get on this train. The train breaks down. Dell's pulling his stupid trunk. And he's like, ah, okay. And then there's like these little peppered in moments of like really – Maybe not sexual, but certainly um, romanticly inclined moments. Like, they're sitting in the car, and they have this very typical couple argument, like, back and forth about the chair not fixing itself or, like, mm. him breaking the chair. Yep. So that's the first thing. And then w- what really ties it together is that after they've actually parted ways and Neil's taking his train home, he starts, like – he starts remembering what it's going to be like when he gets home with his family. And there's these sort of frosty vignettes of, like, his wife and his kids waiting – and then after like two of those, it shifts back to Dell and he's remembering his times with Dell. And it's like this really, maybe, maybe gay is too far, but they are, they are very much like they were meant to be as like a very good two friends. And like the yeah. the slow realization of that over time, I just, I would, I don't want to see a remake of this movie, though there is one coming, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. But there's just something so, and maybe it's just like modern american culture be like oh well they're they're sensitive men so they must be gay and maybe i'm projecting that and i don't actually believe that maybe they're just sensitive guys eventually and neil's just trying to cover it up and dell's okay with his sensitivities
1: which i love that's that's really in my opinion that's what it is is because dell's kind of been that way the whole time and like like at one point he's having that in by himself in the burned up car when he's gonna sleep out there yeah in the snow he's having this moment like talking to his dead wife like god I finally found someone whose company that I really enjoy. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I, I laid it on it. too thick. Yeah. I blew it. Like I just, I was too much me. And I was like, that's such a oh, heartbreak. I just want to hug him. Yeah. But I think it is a matter of just like, Neil's not okay with sensitivity and opening up. Yeah. Very, you know, closed off in that regard. And Dell's just more open and whatnot. And then like, you have this, this come around of Neil realizing like, it's like, he actually cares about this guy yeah like he's actually looking back like he's actually enjoyed his time with him and like he's a good person and you can actually like it's okay to be like that was a moment like that was cool that was something worth remembering yeah and then it culminates with him going back to the train station and and getting Dell, and that's when Dell says that his wife's been dead for eight years and he doesn't have a home to go home to in case it's man. not clear, that's the line that makes me cry every
0: time. <laughs> like, yeah, he's just sitting. Like I don't even think the train station's open anymore. He's, he's just, just sitting, sitting there. So I don't. Sad. I don't have a home. Jen and uh, I can't think of her name right now, but you know, Marie. Marie. Yeah, it is Marie. Uh, has been Has been dead for eight years. Yeah, he's once a friend, man. Um. Yep. Okay. So very briefly, in doing uh, research for this, I there was a there was in August. So just a couple months ago, there has been a remake announced. Okay. Which really makes me mad for the reasons we've just said, like, don't it's good. It's fine. It's a great movie. Leave it alone. Yeah. So I don't, there's nothing about this movie is out yet, except that it's going to star Will Smith and Kevin Hart. And though I like those guys, I still like, I'm part of me is just like, stop remaking stuff, like make room for filmmakers that are doing new original ideas and don't, I kind of understand taking an old movie that was not done well and wanting to capitalize on making it better. But, like, to some extent, I'm not even cool with, like, the Dune remake. Like, leave it alone, you know? Do you feel like that at all? Do you have thoughts about this? Did you know about this remake?
1: I didn't, and I don't need it. Yeah. Like, I'm good. I mean, sure, like you said, let's remake movies that need remaking, that need improvement. But, like, have original ideas and stop, stop remaking things that don't need to be touched.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not even, I mean, I'm kind of okay with remaking the old ones that are bad, but I'm still like, if you gave me a new original script, I'd be like, no, like prioritize that for sure. Like mm-hmm. I don't need another, or just like, even like franchises or we've talked about this a bunch, but um, yeah, like, you know, uh, Fast and Furious, Marvel, Star Wars to some extent, like stop. There's other, there's great movies from filmmakers that have ambition and new ideas. Like we need more of that. Same with exactly. new beers. Like I'm glad we're doing Equilibrium same same logic applies yeah you're not wrong um okay do you feel like this is a movie that needs to be rated no i don't think we really need to go that route it's when's a great the last time a great movie we, do we even rate movies when's the last time we rated a movie we rate movies every week what are you talking about do we yeah are you high <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, legitimately. i legitimately mean, yeah we rate new movies because we cover new movies but yeah we rate movies man no let me give you let me quote you, not exactly, but you'll say, All right, we're about to spoil this movie, so let's give it a rating then we'll move into spoilers.
1: Press uh, that I'm danger like, zone button, Max. Yeah. I always have to remind you. Yeah. Why did I dude, I might have had a stroke. I had no memory of rating a movie ever on this show. <laughs> and I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, it's weird that we review movies every week
0: and don't rate them. Oh yeah, you had a you had a real a real senior moment, is what you just did. I'm I'm very tired. It's we're a good been team. A really? Yeah. It's been a long week, so. Uh, yeah,
1: we, um, I don't think we need to rate it. It's a holiday classic. Everyone loves it.
0: And if you don't love it, you're dumb. Um, where can, okay. So, so obviously if you have cable, it's going to be on this week, probably just, um, turn on TBS. It's probably playing right now, but I don't have cable. So I watched it because we rented it on the podcast account on voodoo, but you can probably rent it on Amazon obviously, or I bet, I bet anywhere that has movies that are rentable. You can, you can rent it. Yeah. For like three bucks. Or if you live in Chico, you can go down to, uh, all the best video and they definitely have it. Hell yeah. Um, okay, I think that's all I have on planes, trains, and automobiles. How do you feel about going to a break? Let us take a break. Johnny, the Handlebar right here in Chico, California, is a lovely craft beer bar and restaurant that supports this podcast. And I am happy to inform you, if you don't live in Chico, there are a variety of methods of transportation you can use to get there. Three that I'm thinking of. Tell the people what they are.
1: Well, first you take a plane from wherever you're at to get to Chico. You should fly in. Uh, it's a great town. You should come visit. Uh, if you can't get on a plane, you should definitely jump on a train. We have a train station right here in town. It'll get you here, uh, right to the middle of town. And You can take from that train station an automobile to the handlebar. Their patio is open. If you need to escape from Thanksgiving with your family and go give thanks for some alone time, go get a beer on their patio. They have a happy hour, seven days a week from two to six. You're going to get amazing deals on beers, on cocktails, half off bottles of wine. You cannot beat it. And like I said, their patio is still open. It's beautiful in Chico. It's going to be nice and warm out on Thanksgiving. So go enjoy them. Enjoy their patio. Support them. They support us.
0: Once again, that's the handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. And we're back. Beer number two, Equilibrium Brewing, Middletown, Middleton, New York. Johnny Summers, what is our second beer? Second beer, it's called MC
1: Squared, made famous by one Einstein. Albert. Ludwig von Einstein, to be specific. (laughs) Oh, he's German. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Albert
0: is his first name. Duh. I could. I completely blanked on Einstein's <laughs> oh, first day. <date. laughs> you didn't tell anybody that at all. Everybody thought you were joking.
1: <laughs> oh, it's fine. I Ludwig
0: was von Einstein.
1: <laughs> I didn't did know what else to say. It yeah, made the sense famous the time.
0: scientist slash composer. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, Ludwig von Einstein. <laughs> he invented the theory of relativity and also some sweet classical jams. His cousin's Duh. a great jouster,
0: Ulrich von Lichtenstein. Yes. Deep cut there. You ah. know? Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Give it to me, Chaucer. So uh, what is the beer? Give me
1: all the deeds. All right. So MC Squared is an IPA. It's 8%, 70 IBU. Uh, and it has roughly 46,000 ratings on untapped. No big deal. Uh, MC Squared is Photon's big brother. We literally took mm-hmm. Photon's hopping rate and squared it. This double IPA is our tribute to the amazing relationship that energy and mass are balanced, proportional to the speed of a photon squared. Mm-hmm. It pours mm-hmm. hazy. I totally know what that means. I got Fuck you. yeah! Uh, it pours a hazy tangerine color, releasing bright tropical notes of mango, pineapple, and apricot. MC squared tastes like a succulent mango, uh, mangoes juice, loaded with chewy hop resins. It's very drinkable for eight percent. Be careful, this one can sneak up on you. Our own Max
0: Minardi reporting live from the sideline. Max, have you had a chance to try this spear? I actually just poured it. I wanted to offer some clarity for anybody that's not a nuclear physicist out there. Obviously, we've heard of uh, Beethoven, von Lichtenstein, Einstein before. And you've probably even heard of M equals MC squared. Um, so just to clarify a little bit, because uh, I figured why not learn a little bit of, little bit of something while we're at this. If you've never understood that equation, like I assume both of us have not, basically, like you said, Johnny, I'll just expound very slightly, is that in that equation, E represents energy. Uh, we measure that in joules, J-O-U-L-E-S, and the rest of it's an equation, which is mass, that's the M, uh, multiplied by the square of C. In this case, that means light, or in, in the description of the beer, a photon. Um so basically, what it's saying is that uh, for any specific amount of mass in kilograms or joules, or in kilograms, you multiply that by the speed of light squared, and you get the energy and the equivalence uh, in joules. So this is very important for like, uh, nuclear bombs are a big one. like splitting the atom of anything as a ton of energy. Uh, so that's where the equation came from, and it took us until the 20th century to figure this out, uh, and that's why there is a big, fuzzy-haired Einstein on the front of this can. Because it is awesome. OK. I hope maybe we're all a little smarter. Maybe a little I think if we're a little bit smarter, we've realized that we're a little bit dumber than everybody else. I think that's yeah, a good measure have, of smartness. You're like, I'm just dumb. I have no idea what you just said, but I like
1: this because <laughs> I have a really cool great cat named Einstein. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I was just saying I'm I'm
0: smart enough to know that I'm pretty dumb.
1: Yeah, me too. That's basically that's, it. it's scary when stupid people think they're smart.
0: Yeah, so I just like to remind myself that I have no idea what E equals MC squared really like, I don't, I'm never going to use that in my life. So I'm, I, I'm dumb enough to never have to use that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we're definitely not going to become a science podcast. So let's talk about how delicious <sighs> about this beer, beer.
0: is. Have you, so, have you tried it? So, yeah. So now I've poured it. Um, I was expounding on that a little bit. I have not. Have you had a chance to try it? I have. And
1: it is interesting. I don't know if I like it as much as the last one. Uh, 70 IBUs seems high, in my opinion, for this beer.
0: Yeah, it's a bit sweet, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be as sweet as it is. I was, I mean, I saw seventy IBUs and I was like, okay, cool. This is going to mm. be punchy, a bit less sweet than the first one. When and, and somehow it's it's sweeter than the first one, and it's a double IPA. I'm confused, but I don't know if I hate it yet. I haven't decided. What do you think? Have you tried it? Have you drank it? Is yeah,
0: yeah. I think if you if you hated it, you would know right away. I'm going to say that neither of us hate it, but I agree with you. Like, it's not. Um, it's, yeah, it's not as punchy. You look at it, it's almost like a, like kind of got a Kolsch kind of vibe going. Um, if you look at the color and, and sort of the transparency of it, like it looks more West coasty than the last one, but yeah, it is sort of deceptively, um, yeah, not punchy. Like 70 IBUs does not feel correct. It feels closer to like 30 to me. Yeah. Maybe that's what they mean when they say this one can sneak up on you. It's, it's highly drinkable. Yeah. I mean, 8% too. yeah. Like that's certainly a factor. It's, it's not a, it's not a, not a, not a what's a baseball a slow ball is that a thing it's not a it's not, it's not a,
1: like
0: a it, change-up it's not like a change-up maybe or it's not a fastball i'm trying to say like it could sneak up on you like a change-up sneaks up on you oh it's a curveball sure a curveball sure curveball
1: sneak up on you because you it's way up there and then it's like oh, all of a sudden it's in the strike zone oh god yeah or like a
0: knuckleball yeah sure that's actually correct i'm just naming all the pitches that i know <laughs> that's and basically that's it, it. segment <laughs> over uh so i yeah but but to answer your question like i don't i don't hate it for sure i don't like it as much as the first one but i do like it i've only had one drink at this point um have you had a chance to revisit it yeah no it's
1: good it's subtle for an eight percent beer which is interesting i was expecting something with a bit more personality hmm. for me this yeah. beer is this beer is honestly a little subdued it feels really it's it's hard to say that like These are negatives, but it's like super easy drinking and smooth and just like not – there's really not much. You're not interested. This this beer just doesn't – it just doesn't have as much personality. Yeah, that's true. Um, And there's nothing wrong with it, but it definitely doesn't stand out. But also I see why this is their flagship because it's so approachable and it's so drinkable and it's not – nothing about this beer is going to turn you off. Like, this is solid. This is solid AF from a brewery. So yeah, agreed. I could see why this has a really good rating after being reviewed by 46,000 people on Untappd. Um, it definitely not the most exciting thing that I've had from this brewery today. But, right. um, yeah, this is everything you want in a flagship IPA, though. Because, like you were saying, this seems more like their flagship. It's more readily available, widespread yeah. distribution, stuff like that. It really does deliver on a lot of that that mangoy sweetness that it promises, Uh, and it would sneak up on you at eight percent. This is like it it almost drinks like a pale ale. Oh, really? Like a really pretty like tropical. Yeah, Yeah. like a tropical pale ale. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't like the sweetness. I would want a little bit more bitterness and just punchiness and more personality out of it, but. I mean, that's just personal preference. This is a really well-made beer and I'm going to rate it well, but it's not, it's not blowing my socks off nearly as much as the first one.
0: Yeah. I I mean, we, we typically on the show structure, our beer order based on ABV. So we put the the first one that we had because it was 6.8% and not eight, but yeah, it did. I feel like it's worth factoring in that like that was an extremely exciting flavor profile. Um, and yeah, this is, yeah, it's not bad, but it's also not blowing my socks off the same way. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's good. You know, um, I definitely want it to be hoppier a little bit yeah i want more bite or something because it does feel a bit like if, if this beer walked into a room full of people it might just kind of open the door slowly and be like hey what's up i'm here and the yeah. other one's like let's do this i'm the star of the show look at me yeah the other this one's one like I'm, shows I'm gonna up gonna in, like a in the corner. glittery kilt totally yeah and everybody's like oh shit look who's here and this one's like yep. you might not even have known this person was at this party yeah which is fine you know you got to have warm bodies i suppose
1: yeah it's it's fine uh I'm just gonna get right to the point, man. This feels like a seven-two beer for me. This is this this is a seven-two. I'm gonna rename this beer MC Seven Squared.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really close uh, for me as well. I think, I think I, I don't know. So I've just had my second and third drinks, and I feel like I I just I'm trying to really divorce my thinking from how much I loved the first one. And if I yeah. do that, like I would definitely drink this beer again. Um, it's it's a little bit more expensive than the other one, which I guess alcohol content, that makes sense, but flavor wise, it, it feels like less of a like I, I'd want to pay less. So it's about this can says uh 689 So seven bucks plus once you get out with tax. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd buy that again. I think I might, but probably not. So I think I'm gonna land on a solid seven. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, we'll say we'll say seven for me. Seven, two for you. Again, yeah, and that's the. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna wrap it up, but you got it. Something else?
1: Oh, I was just gonna say that is one of the potential downfalls of doing two beers from one brewery and like really showcasing them yeah. is that like yeah, one is significantly better, better, and it um, detracts from your review of the second. And that's, I mean, we're judging them yeah. as a whole on these two beers and as much as individually, I suppose. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. Overall, they make killer beer. And I think both of these are really well crafted. But for me, the the fractal takes it in the ratings and the enjoyability. Yep. Uh, But all all together after we tried them, I'd say they're both really solid. Uh, I would say Equilibrium Brewing is well worth a try. So if you're out and about, grab it. Let us know what you think. Max, put this brewery to bed.
0: All right. Again, that's MC Squared by Equilibrium. 7.2 for Johnny. Seven flat for me. We also covered fractal the citrus mosaic offering 9.3 for johnny nine for me uh grab it at sns if you're here in chico reach out to the brewery if you want to get it uh they're still shipping beers even though their tap room is currently closed so if you live not where we are or if you live near us but you still can't find it hit them up they're uh, they're available on social media or via their website and i certainly agree with johnny yeah it's worth worth trying at the very least in the meantime johnny i need some fresh new sizzling content at the very least and maybe you tell me what's what else is going on in your life what's got you hot and bothered in other words
1: so in keeping with my newly invented format from last week, I've actually yeah. got a TV show and a record that I've been
0: really vibing on. Which do you want first? I think, I hope I said this last time because I'd also like to stay with your new format. Let's say record first. Okay. Record first. So
1: last week I brought you a record from pale honey, which was soothing and poppy and like stripped down indie rock. Uh, this week I went completely the opposite and I am bringing you some visceral doom down tempo metal from a band called Dope Throne, mm-hmm. and the album that I've been really vibing on is called Hochelaga, and that is named after Montreal's trashiest ghetto, where the trio hails from. Okay, they are from Canada, uh, and they've they formed in that ghetto in two thousand eight. And I am absolutely loving the vibe. It's very bleak. It's very sludgy and just massive, doomy, thick. Oh, just punishing, like oppressive. Like Mm -hmm. It's just so heavy. Uh, I've had a really hectic week at work and just cranking just heavy, abrasive, angry, sludgy, nasty, aggressive <laughs> music really yeah. just helps get me through. Totally. Uh and I've been really vibing on this record, so if that sounds like something that you would enjoy in your personal life, I highly recommend checking out the 2015 album hochelaga by the band Dope. Throw. You've got to spell it. Uh H O C H E L A G A. And I'm not spelling dope throne. Sure. That's exactly like it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, really, really loving them. Uh, There's one song in particular called Scum Fuck Blues that is just. (laughs) It's an anthem. Is uh, it? Of my soul. Okay. Yeah. It really. It it hits me in a very personal place. Like just drinking Bush beer out of the can in the backyard. Yeah. Just. It's home, and I love it. It lands. So if you're in the mood for something like that, again, check out Hochulaga by Dope Throne. Okay. If you are in the mood for something completely different that will uplift you, give you hope in humanity, make you cry a little, and just all around make you feel fantastic – Please, for the love of God, do yourself a favor and watch Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Okay, let me
0: stop you this right is- there because the uh, friend of the show, Lauren Lindley, reached out to me, um, and she also recommended the show. And I had never heard of it, but I really think that the way she described it is worth mentioning. So I was like, what's Ted Lasso? And she mm-hmm. said, Jason Sudeikis in the feel-good show of the year. It's what you never realized uh, 2020 you desperately needed, a spoonful of sugar, in the unlikely version of a wholesome American football coach brought over to coach English football. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So I, it's on my list too. And I'm glad you brought it up because I, I meant to mention it and, and watch it. So yeah, give me, give me sort of your, your, your take. Okay.
1: So it has the likability of like a Parkinson wreck, mm-hmm. but it has this unrelenting tidal wave of human decency at its core That is Ted Lasso, played by Jason Sudeikis. Uh And it is brilliant in its writing, uh, in its casting. Um, The soccer team owner... So essentially what happens is there's a nasty divorce between a soccer club owner and his wife. And the wife ends up with the team. And she wants to ruin the team. So she she brings in this amateur like college football coach from kansas yeah named ted lasso mm-hmm. in order to tank the soccer team um <laughs> yeah and ruin it and yeah. get back at her ex-husband and uh the owner of the team is played by hannah waddingham uh she plays rebecca welton in the show and you will know her she was the shame the shame nun
0: from game of thrones (laughs) what a weird what a weird deep random cut that is okay right what um okay great
1: yeah but she is absolutely brilliant and jason sudeikis is you know very spot on the spoonful of sugar that you need in 2020 um i put this on simply because i listened to pop culture happy hours review Mm of it and glenn weldon fully endorsed it and he absolutely hates anything to do with sports
0: yeah so fair, fair. i was
1: like wow if this is a sports show that got glenn weldon to love it and fully endorsed it like i need to watch it immediately and it's it's super digestible little 30 minute chunks and it really is one of the most endearing and heartfelt and just i'm immediately endeared to it like I cannot wait for season two. I'm assuming they're going to make one. Uh,
0: I don't so, know. No, I haven't
1: finished the first one. I'm on like episode eight or nine. Um, okay. But yeah, man, it's, it's absolute it's, it's really close to like perfect TV show. Wow. Um, okay. And th- this
0: is a show
1: that I shit you not was made for you, Max.
0: It has, I love when you say that. That makes me so excited. The,
1: okay. Great. The, the absolute dedication to, the idea of human goodness and human decency and it puts you in a better mood like i'm gonna watch it after we record this because like i don't know this week got a little heavy at points and uh it's just one of those shows and like i want to be more like ted lasso and it's such an absurd character to want to be more like but (laughs) it's just man and he's got just these views on life and relationships and at one point they have like this group of guys that are giving relationship advice to other guys and it's not shitty oh, that's, like it's so the best um, that's great. oh my god i'm just like oh you're just being real and like actually giving <laughs> good advice piece of
0: shit yeah. yeah yeah
1: man and yeah. it's dude it's everything i needed in a tv show and i dare you to not binge watch it as fast as you can because I, it's just yeah. it's like a hug for your insides perfect so please watch ted lasso Please, please watch Ted Lasso. On Apple TV Plus, you said. Yep. Okay. And for the record, not the record that I just oh, talked man, about. I was
0: about to make that joke too. Good. Nice. For thing. the Good record,
1: <laughs> I am done caping for Apple TV Plus. Everything that I am hot and bothered about after this week will be on a platform more accessible because okay. I get it. Not everyone it's has $5. Apple TV Plus. But I think you have to have an Apple account or like an Apple device to sign into it. Not Apple device. Like I, you do have to make an Apple ID. Can anyone do that? Even if they don't yeah, have an iPhone for sure. Well, that's things that people need to know. Cause I didn't know that. That's why
0: I'm telling them. Good. That's good. That said, um, that said, it's $5 a month. And if you're, if you're deciding where to put your $5, put it in Patreon, not all
1: Apple right. TV. If you're, if you're listening to this, I'm going to make you an ear to handshake agreement. If you sign up and make an Apple TV plus account and sign up, and you do not like Ted Lasso, I will Venmo you $5.
0: Wait a minute. Oh, that's really good. In addition to that, if you sign up for Patreon, because you want to be on Apple TV+, Plus, I will add you to my family plan. Then you can just have it. But you need to give I'm... us at least $6 a month.
1: Okay. <laughs> there you go. But um, seriously, though, great. I'm good for 5 bucks. if you don't like Ted Lasso.
0: Fair. Also, you can try... That's how... that's, here's the other thing. You can try Apple TV+, Plus for seven days for free. So just do it.
1: Yes, and you know? this is definitely not a commercial for Apple TV Plus. No, but but I'm sorry, this is the last week that I'm going to sing their praises. But honestly, as as someone just like you that absorbs a ton of content, like I've got the Hulu, I've got Amazon like Prime, I've sponge. got Netflix, yeah,
0: yeah, like I've got all of them, dude, yeah. all of them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh, I've got HBO Max. Wait, do you have? Do all you have of them? Do you have the scary one? I keep wanting to ask you, and I always forget. It's called like oh. it's called like. Um, you know, oh, what is it called? It, uh, it's like Screamer. It's, or, I was going to say scream, but it's not that. It's like I think like it starts with C. It's like like I, th- Cringe or Creeper. It's like that. Basically, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, it's like, it's basically a streaming service dedicated to horror movies, which Johnny loves. So I kind of assumed you might have had it, but you've never talked about it. So then I kind of assumed you didn't have it. I don't have it yet. Okay. It, oh, I'm going like, to fr- probably like, get it. It's like Fright Channel or something. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, but all yes. that to say, yeah, I absorb, you absorb a lot of content. I think it's safe to say that Apple TV plus is putting out world-class content. Yes. And that it's worth
0: looking into for a while. I actually had one more follow-up for you based on something you talked about. I think at this point, probably like a month ago, um, maybe not quite, but you, you talked about starting, um, Yellowstone, which is not, uh, on Apple TV plus, but, um, it's available on, on Prime Video if you rent the season. And you had said um, that you'd watched, I think, like four to five episodes. You weren't totally sure what the point of the show was, but you kind of were interested. Had, had you followed up on that at all? Yeah, man. I give up on that. Okay, great. That's, that's kind of it, the impression that I got.
1: It turned into a ridiculous soap soapy. opera. Yeah, that's
0: how it feels because Gianna started watching it. And I was just like, I don't – and like other friends have watched it too and I've caught bits. And I'm like, I think this is just like a – sort of a, a saddle and spur kind of soap opera thing.
1: It is. And care. it's like, it's, it's literally a white man trying to keep his more land. Acre yeah, like, rent, like, his, keep up, his more. It, yeah. And it's just like, yeah. I, I don't really care about this story. Like yeah. I was hoping that Kevin Costner was going to be like a drug dealer or something cool. Yeah. Like, cause they, yeah, there was this whole, like the ranch is right. like, at one point, like, they had to fire, like, a ranch hand, and they, they killed him. Yeah, you told me that. And it's like, why? Why? What did he see? Why? What's going on? And I, I might not have stuck it out long enough to see that they're, like, you know, shoving cocaine up cow's asses and <laughs> selling them, but <laughs> I I don't know what the hell else they could be doing. I, I don't know. I need to, like, look up some spoilers and see, no, like, no, maybe you, there's some. Here's
0: why. You don't have to do that. Here's the problem. Here's a problem. I was gonna say here's the problem with society. Not even close. Here's a problem with streaming show culture. It's that like how many times you've been told, maybe even by me. I'm thinking of The Office, but like where people are like, no, it's a really good show. You just have to watch the first 19 seasons and then you'll get it. It's like I'm not doing that. Like you, you get maybe two episodes of a thing, because uh, to your point, like there's so much out there. And like, I'm sure something gets good when you get invested in it. It's like marriage. The longer you're in it, like, like, this is starting to pay me back. But like, Mm -hmm. I'm already doing a marriage. Like, I don't need to, I don't want to watch, you know, the first six seasons of some obscure show just so I can get hooked. There's something to be said for, for hookability and and like what a pilot is good for. If you don't catch your initial audience, like, I don't think you should watch or read spoilers or watch the rest of the show. If you don't like it, don't watch it
1: mm-hmm that's exactly I think. I think you're right and i think like it was like sons of anarchy with horses
0: yeah and just just yeah. watch
1: sons of anarchy man
0: um speaking of things that and this is antithetical to what i just said but uh it's less of exposure therapy and more of keeping an open mind you are a longtime advocate of the joe rogan experience it's a podcast if you listen to podcasts you've surely heard of it it's like probably top five most listened to podcasts ever yeah yeah i have never liked uh that podcast at all. I'm not a huge fan of sort of the open format, conversational talk about whatever we decide comes up in the moment sort of thing. Um, So I've always sort of steered clear of that show, but I don't know what gave me this wild hair, but I, I, I scrolled through his episode list, like his recent ones, and I listened to an entire way too long episode all the way through. It was with, he basically interviews somebody, and I'm not gonna plug Joe Rogan, he doesn't need it, but he was interviewing Ben Shapiro, who is a pretty right-wing conservative um political figure and, and commentator i mm-hmm. really really disagree with about everything he believes but i really like the way he communicates did you see the video
1: of ben shapiro reading the lyrics to WAP? no but
0: i think that'd be very delicious just like ugh. oh yeah, yeah, oh, like, yeah. Like, like it's because there's like the weird like cognitive dissonance like why is this guy saying these things <laughs> you know like, oh it's I'll send you the
1: link. Um, okay, it's, please do. That'd be great. Destroy your brain, but um, continue about yeah. your Joe Rogan experience.
0: Like, so, Joe Rogan, if if you're like me, like has this sort of aura of douchebaggery. Like if you don't know him, and like you just know him from sort of like Fear Factor and UFC, he's super broy and like maybe at first not somebody that I I thought I had much interest in hearing. But the further you dig, it seems like, and I've known this because you've told me like. He's a pretty intellectual, very open-minded, great, great host of a show. By the way, incredible hosting ability this guy has. Uh, knows exactly like when to ask questions, what kind of questions to ask. Um, and I was blown away because like he doesn't agree with Ben Shapiro either, and they managed <laughs> to talk about those things and find the commonalities. And I love that. I lo- like I hate listening to people just be like, "You're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're." And they were like, yeah. "Okay, like I maybe we don't agree on this, but here's one thing that we do agree on. Let's talk about that." And it was, it was like, you know, like a two hour something podcast. Um, let me just check the clock on ours to make sure I wasn't blowing smoke, but like that's pretty long. Um, yeah, but it was really good, man. So I've, I've circled back around like, um, he does so many of those too though. And they're all like really, really long, but, um, I am open-minded to Joe Rogan and I suppose I'm bringing this up now less for the people listening to the show and mostly for you because it's been sort of oh, a cool. long time thing that we've gone back and forth. I'm like, I don't care about Joe Rogan. And now I will listen to it again, probably.
1: Nice. I've, I'm selective because they are so long. Yeah. Like the guest he has on has to have something interesting like that. I want to hear someone talk about. Yep. And like a lot of the times, honestly, it's like, oh, a neuroscientist. I'm like, I, I can't.
0: Yeah. Like there, can't. there's something to be said for like, I almost clicked on Matthew McConaughey, but I just listened to uh Dax Shepard's armchair expert with Matthew McConaughey around the same time. Uh, the episodes okay. were released so i they like still promoting his book or whatever that's fine but mm-hmm. yeah I'm totally with you like i want somebody who's um you know f- field of expertise i'm interested in
1: yeah or i want it to be funny those are the two options like yeah have a comedian on and talk about funny shit or also have something interesting like i listened to one that was all about breathing there's like a breathing expert on that okay was, that was really interesting sounds yeah, incredibly yeah, boring yeah. It kind of was, but also there were moments where I was just fascinated. Mm, okay. Then Fair there enough. was also moments that put me to sleep, but that's the point of breathing exercises, right? Yeah, yeah. So, or like just to calm yourself down. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I've been told. So word. Well, that's cool though. Like maybe that's like a portal to some new possible content for you.
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's always good to, uh, to yeah. Like explore new podcasts, which is to say, thank you, sir, for turning me onto a new podcast, which is to say to all of you, turn a friend onto our podcast. We'd really appreciate it. It's the time of year where you can give gifts. Uh, So maybe save a few bucks. Just recommend our show. They might thank you, which is all to say, I think that's about all I have for today, my friend.
1: Fair enough. Let's wrap it up. This is a good episode. Uh, Happy holiday and holidays to everyone out there. I hope you get to spend some time with family, but not too many of them, I guess there's rules now. You have to stay apart and I don't know, whatever you guys do for Thanksgiving or Whatever
0: holiday you celebrate, because Thanksgiving isn't the only one celebrated, isn't it? It's also not, another one, right? It's also not a great one. This is not the time to bring this up. But like, if you're celebrating something else on Thanksgiving, probably good for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. So whatever whatever you're celebrating, I mean, it's a long weekend.
0: Happy holiday. Yes. Um. This show wouldn't be what it is without Bailey Minardi. If you travel on a public mode of transportation, be kind to strangers and don't be a dick if someone's being kind to you. I think is probably a good takeaway from today's episode. Um, if you're on Patreon, please vote in our Christmas bonus special episode poll that will be on Patreon slash our patron Facebook group. Um, I think that's all I got, right? Let's get out of here, man. Report to We hope you enjoy.
1: Now. And This... this- Fresh Hop Cinema.